Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. It's Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Nuts cock! Nuts cock! Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. I got a great show lined up for you today. Maybe got one of the best bits that I've done in a really long time. I know that other people have done this, but I took an interesting twist on it. And that's going to be coming up here in just a few minutes. It's an interview I did with my mom. I got my friend Brandon. Brandon is from the Orlando, well, originally Oklahoma. But he used to listen to me on Real Radio 104.1, and he's a herpetologist. He's actually a conservationalist, but he works with animals, but his specialty is with amphibians and reptiles. So I got that interview. And then uh, who knows what the fuck is going to happen the rest of the day. Now, if you'd like to give me a call, I got a voicemail I'm about to play. So if you'd like to leave a voicemail like this guy did, you can do it easily by calling 407 407- 2703044. Once again, that is 407 2703044. Hey, Tuttle. Love listening to the show, man. Listen every night right before bed. Usually have a hard time sleeping, but when I listen to you, put me right to sleep. Okay, I got to give this guy credit. I really got to give him credit because he just basically stuck his dick right into my brain because that is a complete mindfuck. He set me up. He baby-faced on me at the beginning. This wasn't a long voicemail. The guy didn't even give his name. And now I've been telling you guys, even if you hate me, I'm going to play your voicemail. Matter of fact, that shit is going directly to the front of the line. But this guy babyface at the beginning made it seem like he enjoyed the show, but I I, I don't know, guys. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. Was this a backhanded comment at the end of this voicemail? Hey, Tuttle. Love listening to the show, man. Listen every night right before bed. Usually have a hard time sleeping, but when I listen to you, put me right to sleep. Yep, now listening to it, the guy was kind of a little bit of a marble mouth. Sound like he had smoked a wheel, burned a joint right before he called and left that voicemail. But yeah, yeah, that was a backhanded dick fucking comment. Because he's basically saying, hey, I have insomnia and the only way I can sleep is listening to your boring ass fucking show. Listen, is anybody taking Cardi B actually seriously? Does anybody even like her? We're talking about the same woman that used to be a stripper, an exotic dancer that was a prostitute. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. I could care less about the backstory or the biography of fucking Cardi B. But I do know that she's even admitted that she used to drug dudes. She used to drug men and would rob them. 
Now, that's pretty shady. But I also see the other side that these men are objectifying women and it's kind of a little bit of a payback. But I really don't like her. I have more respect for Megan the Stallion that's on this track with her. But I played these lyrics earlier in the morning while my mom was making breakfast. I wanted to get her opinion on it. And I just thought it would be funny to talk to her about the song WAP. W-A-P. Okay, listen, I know this bit's already been done. I know Ben Shapiro, one of the last guys you would ever think that would read the lyrics to WAP. Not like WAP as the derogatory word for Italians. No, I'm talking about W-A-P that Cardi B and Megan the Stallion collaborated on. Now, Mom, do you have your glasses on, Mom? Yeah. Now, I played this song for you earlier, and you really didn't like it. You seem like you did not like it. Do you not, like, support the First Amendment for people to say whatever they want? I think that it's bad for the women that put the song out. Oh, so the, it, it's bad for women, right? That, that they're making it, they're sexualizing their self and they're degrading their self and women, right? Correct. That the only thing that they have to offer is a wet-ass pussy. I'm not even saying that. All right, so I'm going to make you read some of these lyrics. you want to read it? No. All right, here, I'm going to go over the lyrics because I, I can't play the song because I'll get in trouble. But I'm going to read some of these, and I, I want you to let me know what you think, okay? So have you heard of Cardi B before? No yes. Cardi B? Yeah, all right. So uh, she's the one that's, like, interviewed Biden, which I think is horrible for the Democrats. It's not good to have, like, somebody like Cardi B be on your side, in my opinion. I agree. All right, so the uh, first verse goes, yeah, 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 you fucking with some wet-ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass pussy. <laughs> Give me everything you got for this wet-ass pussy. That is so degrading. I, I'm 72 years old to hear another woman. Well, now, you hate the word. Now, I'm not doing this to be shocking to piss you off, but I want people to hear it. You hate the word cunt, right? Yeah. Why? Why Why does cunt bother you? I do not know. I've, I've never... It never... You just never liked it? No. Okay, so here, let me go over some of these. Now, some of these words with the cancel culture we're in, I can't say. Beat it up in, N-word, catch a charge, extra large and extra hard. Now, when they mean hard, are they talking about a penis? Of course. Okay, so they're they're talking about extra hard. Put this pussy right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. So that means that he's down there getting after it, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to ask that. I was about to be disrespectful to see how dad was at putting his nose. <laughs> no, all right. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I won't say hop on top. I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Do you know what a Kegel is? Yeah. What is a Kegel? Muscles in your vagina that you can 
tighten and loosen. Okay. They say guys can do Kegel exercises for their prostate. Uh, yeah. Know. All right. Hold on. Spin in my mouth. Look in my eyes. This pussy is wet. Come take a dive. Tie me up like I'm surprised. Let's role play. I'll wear a disguise. I want you to park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage. Make it cream. Make me scream. That's enough. No. no way, wait, wait. Let me get to the, the chorus, okay? Out in public, make a scene. I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. And then, uh, yeah, cream, yeah. Uh, and then Megan the Stallion comes in ripping these lyrics off. Gobble me, swallow me, drip me down the side of me. Why who, are they. Who would perform that kind of Crash. Okay, quick jump out for you let me get inside of me. I tell him where to put it. Never tell him where I'm about to be. I'll run down on him for I have an N-word running me. Talk your shit. Bite your lip. Ask for a car while you ride that dick. Enough. Okay, all right. I thank you for your time, Mom. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you're not mad at me. No, I'm not. Did Dad ever dirty? Did you guys like dirty talk at all? No comment. All right, be back in a few minutes. Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I've been going through my friend list, the people that I follow on Twitter, Facebook, people in my phone. With my OCD, I probably have over 15 to 2,000 contacts in my phone. And I've been going through there to see who I can have on. And the strange thing about this is that I've known this guy for probably six or seven years. But the funny thing is, I've never met him. I've never met him in person, but I can tell he's a great guy. And I'm going to bring him on. Brandon, how are you, Brandon? Doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Now, what was it? Now, hold on. Let me let me back up a little bit. Were you from the Tampa area or Orlando? Uh, originally, I'm from Oklahoma. but uh, yeah, yeah, I knew Oklahoma, yeah. but where I met you from, yeah. I was in Orlando. Yeah, I listened to you on real radio when I moved there. Really? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Man. And Mask, how old you are? Or? Uh, I'm 33. Oh, see, yeah, you're still a young man. You're still a young <laughs> one. So I met you and, and another person that I knew that you were friends with at the time. And we've talked on the phone. I think we talked right after my divorce and, and we chatted. And I know you're kind of a big hockey fan, kind of, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm a big blues fan. Big blue. Now, why the blues, though? Was that the closest to Oklahoma? Uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, there's also Dallas, but it's a lot of sports. You know, Oklahoma didn't have the professional sports when I was growing up. Uh, we have the yeah, you didn't now, have the basketball. You didn't have the basketball team yet. Yeah, so you know, you just have to reach out. My football team was always the Packers. My <laughs> my hockey well, team's but, the Blues. But but though, I love the NFL, but I like college football more than anything. And your Sooners, your Sooners, 
have been a a dynasty at some point. Yeah, they were fun to watch growing up. Uh, I've never gotten as passionate about the Sooners as some of my family members did, but you know, I I don't really feel allegiance to schools that I don't go to. So yeah, we 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 talked about that. We we definitely yeah. talked about that before. But you know, like even if you didn't go to them, I mean, you can kind of still root. I mean, I root for the University of Florida because that my dad grew up in Gainesville. My all of my dad's side of the family is from Gainesville and and the reason I root for them and and I do agree agree with you it does kind of make you a little bit of a poser to root for a school that you didn't go to but one of my best childhood memories was even until this day even working in Tampa I would come home on the weekends to watch the Florida Gator football games with my dad you know, so so the reason I root for them is that it, it holds a lot of meaning in my childhood, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I, I still remember, you know, listening to the games on the radio with my dad. And, you know, there's certain voices and just certain times of year, you know, in the winter, you oh. feel good feeling I- to hear that football game on the radio. No, I I agree, man. So the reason I wanted to have you on, because I want to have people that have interesting stories and jobs, and you do, you really do. And now what I like about you, Brandon, is that you do this as a job. And I think that's everybody's goal in life is to get paid to do something that you love. Just like how I love radio. Like I said, I've never met you before, but I can tell just from seeing and talking that you are passionate about an, uh, amphibians and reptiles. Now, you're a herpetologist, right? Is is that what your title would be? Because I know that's what you work work with. Uh, I mean, I consider myself, uh, my background is in geography. So, you know, I study geographic information science and, and all that. Uh, but my background is also in the zoo field, you know, without before my education, I started in the zoo field. So some people would probably introduce me as a herpetologist, but I don't really feel like I've earned that title. <laughs> no, I mean, are you really though? I mean, are you just being uh, humble? Because I've seen some of your pictures. I've seen some of the stuff that you've done. And I think, you know, even though you may not have a degree in it, but you, you are passionate about it though. I am passionate. Yeah. It's a, uh... I would introduce myself as a conservationist and uh, you know naturalist. I am working towards uh, advanced degrees. You know, I'm about to graduate with, with my undergraduate, and um, I'm hoping I'm starting to apply for grad school. So I'm working my way into uh, feeling more qualified. But at this point, are, you know, I'm a self-trained expert, I would say. <laughs> what are the goals of a conservationist to educate and protect the wildlife? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different paths you can take in conservation. Um, some people are better at communicating the science than others. Some people are more boots on the ground. Some people are in the lab. And conservation can be done from all different, all different uh, fields of science. Like you can be a chemist and be working on conservation issues. You can, really anybody can work on it. As a geographer, you know, I, I can study spatial distributions and I can study ecological invasions, which is a 
especially important for Florida. As yeah, it, we, we, we actually talked about this last night when because I, I wanted to talk to you before I had you on. And we talked about why is it such a problem in the state of Florida with these invasive species that we have here? Like, for example, I don't know how much damage they do, but the iguanas, a lot of the iguanas in South Florida. Now, are iguanas native to the iguanas state of Florida? Are- um, no, they're they're from uh, Central and South America and Caribbean. There are some invasive species that are definitely more harmful than others. Um, you know, when you think about harmful invasive species, you're thinking about Burmese pythons and and, and the uh, Argentinian tegus that are all over Florida. And, and now there's, there's even populations of Nile monitors. <laughs> how did how I, can can I ask how for the most part how are they introduced into the environment and and certain like ecology and stuff like that well it depends on the species but for the most part it's going to be irresponsible pet owners um, and also importers that, that bring in these animals and you know there's even theories that, that hurricanes have caused some of the damage hurricane by i heard hurricane andrew had a big role to play but i mean you don't know with all this stuff that you hear with social media and 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 the internet you don't know what's true or real it seems plausible but i don't know if you really know yeah it's uh, it's a lot of speculation but you know it's very common for people to get an animal like a like a python and you know it's fun and it's cool when it's small and then it gets to be 12 13 feet <laughs> and they're like what am i going to do with this and some people are just going to let them go unfortunately and in florida the habitat and the climate is perfect for for all kinds of species to become established how much damage are they doing in the everglades though like i mean i've heard that you know i i've seen some video footage they'll go out and usually people that are native to the everglades will be like usually if you were just listening you would hear all types of birds and stuff and and they they wouldn't talk for a little bit and you could not hear a sound. You couldn't hear any birds in the background and stuff. It, I mean, could that have something to do with that? I mean, are they just killing off everything they can eat? Yeah, they're causing a lot of damage. And in fact, if you, um, there's actually pretty strong correlation between disappearing small mammals and the expansion of the range of Burmese pythons into the Everglades. They'll eat pretty much any mammal they can get a hold of, including deer. They'll eat uh, alligators. Sometimes the alligators eat them, but, you know, it's... Dude, one, of, one of the most impressive pictures I ever saw was when the Burmese python problem started uh, getting in the news. That picture that came out of that python or whatever that tried to eat that alligator and, and he swallowed too much and I guess it actually burst him. Um, did you ever see that picture? I did, yeah. That was a pretty big one going around. Now, why do pythons? So you would think that they would not eat something that they couldn't handle or was that snake just so hungry it was going to eat whatever it could eat? Uh, I mean, I mean uh, it's my understanding that that's pretty common for snakes to bite off more than they can chew, but usually they'll, you know, just regurgitate it if they start realizing that they're not going to be able to swallow it. I'm not sure if maybe that that alligator wasn't completely dead before they before it started oh, swallowing. Oh, so it was moving around inside then, yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. I can't really speak to it for sure. But Now, now I w- before we get into any more, where can people find you, like on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those places? Where can people find you? Yeah, on Twitter or Instagram, uh, I post uh, with the, uh, the name Croc Mapper. Yeah. So just C-R-O-C-M-A-P-P-E-R. 
you know, even though I've moved on from crocodilians more or less, and since I live in New Mexico now, uh, you know, they're still my passion. They've always been my, my favorite. Oh, they are your favorite because I, I was about to ask you, like, what was your favorite animal? Why, why the crocs though? You know, I'm not really sure. When I was a kid in Oklahoma, I kept salamanders and I, I would pretend that they're little alligators. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you know, I watched the crocodile hunter, of course, growing up. And I, I wanted to talk to you about that. Okay. Now, Steve Irwin, how important was he? A lot of people looked at him as that goofy guy, fun-loving, would joke around, had a great family, had a great personality. You could tell that he loved the environment. How important was he to bringing conservation to the forefront, getting people to have a better understanding of the animals that maybe aren't the cute, cuddly ones? This can be a bit of a contentious uh, topic, but, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Steve Irwin. There are definitely some things that I would have done differently if I were him as far as, you know, how he handled the wildlife, how he, you know, may have stressed it out a little bit too much. But yeah, I mean, it's for television, you know, he, he was a great personality and you got to be passionate like that to really spread that love. You know, I've always been a big fan of the personalities like David Attenborough and, and oh, yeah. Marty Stalford and that, that don't really get like, involved. Did you like Jack Hanna? Have you ever had a chance to meet Jack Hanna? <laughs> Never met Jack Hanna. Um, uh, I don't really, I can't really give you a solid opinion on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, Well, I mean, he, I mean, he has a little, I, I forget what, but I know uh, that he had done a lot of stuff with the Sanford Zoo at one point. Yeah, and you know, I respect I respect his contributions to conservation and stuff. I have heard some stories about him being a little a uh, little inappropriate at times, but you know, a little handsy yeah. perhaps. But <laughs> what about uh, yeah, you can see that. But what about <laughs> Jeff Corwin? Jeff Corwin. Um, never met him either. I've heard some some good stories, some bad stories, but uh, you know, I like him. He's a good he's a good television personality. You want to you want to know who out of all of them, and I don't think a lot of people know about him, and I forget his name. And it escapes my mind, but did you ever watch the show on Nat Geo Wild, Snake City? I didn't. Was that the one that was in South Africa? Yeah, South Africa, yes. And that guy, like, he just seemed like he knew what he was doing, but he took a lot of risk. Took a lot of risk, especially dealing, especially dealing with the, the uh, dangerous snakes that you in, in, encounter down there. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what you got to do in order to be successful in television. You know, you got to take some risks, do some stupid things. And <laughs> but yeah, it, there aren't as many people that can pull off what the uh, David Attenborough thing. Yeah, dude. And he's got a great voice. I yeah. love just him narrating things. Well, all right. Because I like to do interviews and branch off. What is your top? If you had your go-to nature special documentary, what would you recommend for people to watch? Because that Planet Earth series and all this stuff that he does like on BBC uh, America or BBC is, is amazing. What would you recommend to people? We can just assume that I'm recommending all the David Attenborough stuff, but moving on from that, one of my guilty pleasures is, the, uh, is all of the uh, you know, sensational fishing shows <laughs> like river monsters and stuff yeah i enjoy river monsters my favorite one though um uh, i've been binging it like crazy is uh chasing monsters it's um what is really yeah yeah the host is a canadian guy and i just think he's great he's very passionate also and yeah well, i can watch it all day <laughs> all right so if i was to pitch you in a room small room 
And I had, what would be the snake that you would not want in that room with you? You don't have any tools. You don't have any gloves. You don't have, what, what is that thing called? That little stick with the hook on it that you guys use? Uh, you got, oh yeah. What is that? Like, it's just what is, why is it designed that way? Uh, I mean, it's really easy to just scoop them up really, real simply. And, and this is an extendable one. I hope so. that can extend out. Okay. Yeah, yes. I was about to say that looked way yeah. too short. I use this one all the time. It's falling apart. So, um, so what snake would I, would I not want to be in yeah, a room with? Yeah, not want to be in a room with. I'm uh, basically asking what one. is the most dangerous snake. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in a small room with a black mamba with no tools. Um, Why, Why the black mamba? Is it the venom in as, as quick as they are? They're very fast. They're, uh, they're, um, yeah, their venom is extremely toxic. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just a scary snake. You can see that there's more, more to them than, than most snakes working behind those eyes. This is a question I wanted to ask you. A lot of people from everything I've read, people think that reptiles have small brains. They're not intelligent. Is, is that false? Are, are, are reptiles, are they smart? What would you say would be the most intelligent reptile? Well, it's not all in brain size. I'll just say that. Um, but, is it instincts? I mean, they have a lot, of, a lot of basal instincts, but they're also trainable. I mean... I, I typically compare the intelligence of a crocodilian to that of a dog. They'll come to their names. You know, I worked at Gatorland for a couple of years. All the alligators come come to you by name. Really? Yeah, they're really intelligent. And Gatorland was actually pretty pioneering uh, in their in the in crocodilian training and cognition. Can you? All right. Say you take a crocodile or an alligator. You're the first thing that it sees coming out of the egg. You. Sp- Spend every single day with it, training it. Would that gator not eat you, or is his instincts too strong that he could, he may or may not attack you and try to eat you? You don't even have to spend all your time with them from the egg. I mean, when I worked at the Oklahoma City Zoo, I, I took care of the education reptiles that we use for programs. I spent a lot of my time just sitting there desensitizing young alligators. So I would just have them on my lap and just sit there with them, and you could pet them and do whatever you want they're, they're but would you yeah. trust him with your life though uh, i don't trust anything with my life or any humans <laughs> but yeah. uh <laughs> but uh yeah i mean the alligators like they're they're just like a dog really like if you if you work with them spend the time put in the effort like they're gonna be chill i wouldn't say the same with other crocodiles certainly people have done it like there are some crocodiles that are completely chill um, but i i wouldn't trust a crocodile as much as i would an alligator sure now i i've seen a couple of news reports here in florida i think just south of me here in volusia county they were having a croc that was spending some time up on one of the shores here how how often does that happen do they come from like cuba central america south america like how do crocs get here like that american crocodiles are native to florida so oh they are yeah and in fact the everglades is the uh, the only place in the world um or south florida i'll just say is the only place in the world where there are both alligators and crocodiles present now do they now okay this is my i know you're probably gonna laugh at but can a croc and an alligator mate I mean, they can mate, but there's probably not going to be any uh, any eggs coming from that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I just didn't know if it had ever happened. Uh, I mean, there are hybrid crocodiles, um, so we don't need to go into the whole concept of the species, but 
Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tricky, really, but uh, within within genera, within the genus Crocodilus, um, there are some hybrids that come out. Um, there's, hy- in fact, one of the big conservation issues with the Cuban crocodile, which is a critically endangered crocodile, is hybridization with American crocodiles. So these these crocs, you know, they're really have a really small distribution in Cuba, and the uh, American crocodiles, they can swim all the way from Florida to Cuba and, and all around the Caribbean. You know, they go out in the open ocean. And when they get into the Zapata swamp or anywhere where there's a, where, a, where Cuban crocs can be found, they hybridize with them. So oh. that's one of the big issues that conservationists have been working with, trying to exclude American crocodiles from the Cuban crocodiles. Now, if there is somebody, you know, maybe a junior, a senior in high school, and they're interested in doing what you do, what what kind of advice would you give them to pursue their interest? Like, how did you go about it? Uh, I'll be honest. I was not a good high school student. <laughs> I, uh, in fact, I, I wasn't. I didn't really have any direction out of high school, and I kind of just got lucky and you know just stumbled into a career in, at the zoo. You know, I always loved animals, so I just got into it and worked my way into an animal care position. And you know, I never really looked back. Um, but if they want to do it in a much smarter way than I did it, um, really doing a good job and paying attention in science and math classes is crucial. Now I'm, I'm paying the price now that I'm back in school and trying to finish this, trying to catch up with my math knowledge. And, you know, it, it can be hard if you don't have a good foundation. Now, now, like how, like, do you, what, what, yeah, I mean, you don't have to say where if you don't want to, but like, wh- how do you make a living doing what you love? Like, where do you, what, what kind of place do you work? How do you apply your skills to make a living out of it? Well, like I said, it's a lot of luck and I got really lucky when I moved out here to New Mexico and stumbled into the film industry, uh, which is just booming out here. And pretty much anytime they're filming outside, they need somebody on set to, uh, be there in case there's rattlesnakes and there pretty much are anywhere outside in New Mexico. So, so what, um, you're on the set? So you're on the set and like if they come across one, you're you're the one that removes it and, and relocates it? Yeah, for the most part, um my job is to just be present and all you know, I'll spend some time looking around especially if I look at the uh, you know, the plan for the day and I'll I'll see where they're gonna be shooting and I'll try to go over there before they go in there and make sure it's clear and but usually it's not me that finds them. That's just the way it goes. Usually it's some grip or somebody that's, you know, working in the field and you'll just hear a, a scream and I'll come running. So <laughs> Now this, I want to, I want to kind of talk about here in the state of Florida. What are, what are some of the snakes, the dangerous ones that citizens and residents here in Florida need to look out for? But, you know, I rattlesnakes are kind of cool because they kind of give you a heads up, you know, with that rattler. They want to avoid you. A lot of people don't realize. Am I right or am I wrong? They they don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah, they definitely want to avoid you. And that's the case with every single venomous snake is they don't want anything to do with you. But are the moccasins as aggressive? Because my dad always told me moccasins are the one snakes that can be a really aggressive. Uh, I would always say that no snake is aggressive. Every snake is defensive. Okay. And, and especially with, uh, with, with cotton mounts, water moccasins, they, their, whole, their whole defense is to stay put and open their mouth as wide as possible so they can show you that bright, white, cottony mouth. And, you know, in nature, that works great. Same with the rattle. You know, in nature, those things deter 
predation. They deter, you know, rattlesnakes most likely evolve the, the rattle to avoid being stepped on by large herd animals like bison. And um, with humans, unfortunately, the rattle is saying, come here and kill me. So <laughs> most of the uh, confrontations with, uh, with rattlesnakes and with venomous snakes could be easily avoided by just not trying to kill them, <laughs> which I know is easier said than done because you'll find them on your, on your property. And at that point, what do you do? You know, and not everybody's trained to handle the snakes like I am. So I can't really blame them for that. I would prefer have it you, if they were relocated, but you know. Have you ever been bitten before? Uh, not by anything venomous, no. Right, so you have been bitten. What, I mean, like, what were you bitten by? Like a boa or something? It's just something that happens when you keep snakes, man. Like every, uh, <laughs> I, I've been bitten by a lot of different king snakes and corn snakes, rat snakes. Especially uh, in Florida, I was bitten all the time just trying to grab uh, like yellow rat snakes off the road. You know, they don't know I'm trying to help them. <laughs> yeah. It, it just happens, you know. You know, I see a lot of people doing this, especially here in the state of Florida. Because I've been seeing as popular as TikTok is, these dumb people will grab a tortoise and be like, oh, I'm going to help the turtle out. And they'll throw the tortoise in a goddamn lake. And I'm like, people, that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. If you see a turtle crossing the road and you're not sure what it is. Uh, well, first, I would say just learn what a snapping turtle looks like. Don't just go up and grab a snapping turtle. <laughs> but uh, Oh, that, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You just reminded me. Coyote Peterson, that guy that lets <laughs> shit sting him and bite him. Because you bring up this snapping turtle and he, he let one bite him. Now, he kind of did puss out a little bit because he put like a stick or something in there to kind of brace his arm. But I knew that was going to be a bad deal from the beginning. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and talk disparage about him. I don't know the guy, um, but uh, definitely is doing some stuff that I would not be doing for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm well, not sure listen, about the message either. You know, it's not, I don't yeah, think uh, I, making people I get more it. afraid I of get it. Every, everybody's trying to go over the top, trying to be shocking. I mean, you used to listen to real radio, so you know what it's all about. Um, now, let me ask you, being doing what you do for a living, I mean, I followed you on social media, makes me want to do what you're doing because I've seen some of the women that you are attracting. Like, are you married right now? I think I think you did get married recently, right? Yes, I am married. Yeah, yeah. And my how wife did actually you, does how this with me. So. <laughs> how how how'd you meet her? Uh, well, the wonders of the internet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, is there like a tender for a herpetologist or something or, or conservationist? Like, is, cause let me know. Cause I will start, I will take, I will take the risk of battling a rattlesnake if it meant that, Hey, I might be able to meet somebody attractive and kind. Uh, tender for herpetologists is just yeah. called tender. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I uh, get it any more attention than anybody else. I mean, it's not like... Uh... <laughs> but it is a cool-ass job, though. You got to admit. You know, like, there's a lot of people. Some guys can, can go off their just God-given looks. And then you got people like me that got to get a cool job in radio or something <laughs> just to meet people. And listen, you, you got, you're, you're very manly. You got that big chiseled jaw, strong jaw. It seems like you can grow a beard if you wanted to. Me, I'm not. I look like somebody that you would want to check their hard drives on. Uh, <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is you got a little bit of both worlds on your side. Yeah, you know, I guess it didn't hurt. I've never been much of the uh, 
player type or anything, but it's worked out for me eventually. So well, dude, <laughs> can't complain. listen, if you ever come back to Florida to visit, let me know because I want to, I want to meet you in person, man, because we've known each other for about six or seven years. We, I mean, we don't talk a lot, but I've known, I've followed what you've been doing and, and I'm really happy and proud of you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see you doing this podcast. It looks like it's taken off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's growing. It, it really is. I'm going to get back on the radio, but I'm doing this. I'm trying to build something of my own. So let's uh, try to have you on every so often, kind of give a little bit of update of what you're doing. I want to get into a little bit more of what you do on the movie sets or TV shows. And uh, I think we can dig a little bit deeper into everything. Yeah, sounds good. And if there's any wildlife issues that come up that you need somebody to talk about, just let me know. And if there's somebody that's more knowledgeable about a topic, I know a lot of people and I can put some interesting people on your show if you want. No, I would like you because I know you're good at what you do. You had a great personality. Tell people once again how they can follow you. Uh, just on Twitter and Instagram, I'm CrocMapper. And it might not be the most exciting uh, feed, but you know, I try to post snakes pretty frequently. I go out looking all the time. So, Well, cool. Thanks, Brandon. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh, no, wait. It's the Tuttle Podcast Studio. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I want to thank my good friend Brandon for coming on. I thought that was a great interview. I was able to find out more about all the misconceptions that people have against reptiles. I've talked about this before. One of my neighbors here at the Hobo Fish Camp wanted me to kill a corn snake. And listen, I know a lot of people have a fear of snakes. But these snakes, they do a lot of good around your household your property by getting rid of these pests, these rodents like rats, insects, whatever it may be, the snakes serve a purpose and we're just too quick to kill them. But he wanted me to mention, and he, and he forgot about this, he wanted me to mention the Turtle Survival Alliance. Check out their website, turtlesurvival.org. Just give it a visit. Check it out. Maybe you might be able to help them out some way. I had a great conversation with him off the air. And the next time that I have him on, I know it's not going to be too good for the podcast. But if you want to check it out on my YouTube channel, next time I interview him, he's going to bring some animals, some reptiles, maybe some amphibians on the show so you guys will have some 
something to look at on my YouTube channel. Check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle. Got a lot of great stuff up there right now. A lot of my past interviews that I did with Naomi Bradshaw, as well as my interview that I did with Rick Beach, kind of like giving you a little bit of a preview of what could be the SEC in 2020. And don't forget the one and only TV anchor, broadcasting legend, Sonny Abada. I did an interview with her and I was really nervous about that, but it turned out brilliantly. Go to my YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe. And while you're there, hit the bell button, because if you hit the bell button, what that's going to do, you're going to get an alert whenever I upload any new material or go live from my phone. So I wanted to close out the show. I know a lot of you guys are hesitant about joining TikTok, but you guys are missing out on so much entertainment. I don't post a lot on TikTok. I don't think I've posted in like three or four months. I know I need to get back on it, start doing some more content because it's only going to help me out in the long run. That slow burn that I'm trying to do and build this podcast that I've been doing on a consistent basis basis. I think I haven't missed a show. I'm even doing it on the weekends for the past three or four months. But yes, I need to get back and start posting some content, but I use it to be able to find audio to be able to play for you. And I'm going to start sharing some of my favorite TikTok accounts. Now, this one probably is not shocking because I'm a nerd. I like Bill Nye and one being Neil deGrasse Tyson. This dude has got a great TikTok account. He posts some pretty crazy stuff that'll blow your goddamn mind. Now, I don't know if old old Neil smokes the weed, partakes in the cannabis. He doesn't even have to. Let me get high as fuck and just let him talk to me. There's two reasons. Some of the facts that he gives blow my mind. And I can only imagine what it would do to my brain if I was stoned as a motherfucker before he like gave some of these facts out. And number two, I'm big into that ASMR stuff. And for some reason, his voice, his cadence and the way he talks gives me those tingles. But this one kind of blew my mind. I'm debating if he has writers and stuff because I would have never thought of this shit, this knowledge he is about to drop on us. I love crazy facts. Do you? Here's one. 11 plus 2 equals 13, of course. 12 plus 1 equals 13. I'm just going out on a limb here. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson definitely burns. He is doing some straight up shatter. He is smoking the wax right off the nail. For you to be able to come up with some stuff like this, he's got to be high as F. The 13 letters that spell 11 plus 2, when rearranged, will also spell... 12 plus 1. Who else but Neil deGrasse Tyson could intertwine and mix the English language to mathematics? I It blows my mind because they always say if aliens came here, how we would be able to communicate with them would be through mathematics, through numbers. But Neil, he intertwined them. What the fuck? That is the craziest fact I know as a professional astrophysicist.
All right, guys, I'm going to go smoke a little bit more and let that simmer. I know it's probably going to keep me up late at night, but hopefully it's not going to screw up my mind to the point where I'm up until two or three in the morning because I've been talking about how hard of a time I've been trying to go to sleep. I shouldn't be doing this, but who cares? I needed to know that stuff. Want to thank everybody. That's been supporting this show, all the people that have been supporting it, telling your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your coworker. I cannot thank you enough. That's why I don't call you fans. I don't call you listeners. I call you supporters because you are just as important as I am. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show and I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Share, like, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast was brought to you by Total Wireless of Palm Bay, StitchYouUp.com, PocketBearClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents show voiceover services brought to you by JC voiceover services.com. That guy's got a goddamn sexy voice. You should hire him. If you want to help support the show, paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio comments, concerns. You want to let Tuttle know he's being a dick. Go to Tuttle at gmail.com to follow all of Tuttle's social media. Go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two D's dot net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?